Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, joined by Eric Nalin, publisher, InsideTexas.com. This is the weekly state of the program brought to you by Adam Lowy and the Lowy Law Firm. Uh, Eric, a Longhorns finish uh, the Big 12 season, 12-1. and one. Uh, We've been here from the start of this three-year run of Steve Sarkeesian from uh, when he first got the job and was getting vetted to be hired to three years later, and the Longhorns are Big 12 champs. It has been a uh, slow and steady pace, but the last, I don't know, six months has kind of sped everything up. Longhorns win the Big 12. Let we got a couple things we're going to go over today, just so everybody knows before I uh, get into it. We're going to talk a little bit about the game slash the Texas program as a whole, and then we've got a slew of recruiting slash uh, portal news that's going on, including a new scholarship offer in the 2024 class that Eric has some insight on. So let's start with the Big 12 championship season uh, and the game itself. Any major takeaways for you for that game that you think also talk about the season as a whole? Well, I think it was a buildup to that game. The, the entire season was. Specifically, we started to see the, the team come together, I think, about midway through the Iowa State game, where they started uh, realizing that they were better than the other team. They started asserting their will. Uh, and they started to build confidence. And once they built confidence, they started making more plays. They started playing looser and faster uh, and more to, more together, more in sync. I think the secondary tightened things up quite a bit. We've seen better coverage for them. Uh, we saw Sark integrate the speed at running back and start, uh, you know, some of those runs that might go for 15 yards were going for 40 or 50. Uh, they just started really letting their athleticism show. And, and you know, they, they won in dominating fashion in the last two games. And I think they really found some in the Iowa State game. We talked about it a little bit. Um, and now this is a very, very confident bunch getting ready to, to uh, prepare for the playoffs. Yeah, I'm not so sure. Like, I, I agree with you that they seem to turn a switch or that the it's they seem to figure it out midway through that Iowa State game. They Hey, we can beat this three high look. We can kind of suffocate their run game. Mm -hmm. We can kind of bend them to our will, so to speak. I'm not so sure that the light bulb also didn't go on or actually the relief switch. You know, the release valve didn't yeah. go on when Adonai Mitchell made that catch against TCU. That, like, opened the floodgates mentally for them to have this next level of epiphany. To my, right. Does that make sense? It's like one thing begat another. You, you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, they had to get through that tough stretch. You know, they didn't have uh, Quinn Ewers there for a while. And it was, uh, I mean, it, I think everybody was a little nervous about that. I had quite the nerves walking into the K-State game knowing that Quinn wasn't going to start. And then he had to come in, you know, knock the rust off. Um, and that, you know, that, you, that, 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 that play reminded me of what we saw at Alabama. You know, that was a sort of a game-defining, game-winning play when they had to have it. Uh, I think there's some truth to that. And then he started to get healthier and the, the offensive line started to perform better. Uh, gave him a little more time. We started to see him get to his his uh, second progressions and even his third read sometimes. Uh, I think that, you know, I think he's a microcosm for the for the way the rest of the team started playing. Yeah, I do too. I, I think the whole the whole team, like you, it's, they flipped the switch, you know, yeah. and they started, we talked about how good they could become. We saw glimpses of it against Alabama for sure. The, almost the entire game we saw that, right? And you right. kind of wondered for six weeks, where was that team? Yeah, right. we'd, see it in, we'd see it in the fourth quarter. Uh, and, you know, they'd, they'd flip the switch in the fourth quarter. And then, you know, they, they started playing poor in the second half and they were playing better in the first half. It's just all over the place. And then it kind of all all weaved together uh, when they needed it most. Well, hell yeah, is all I got to say. <laughs> I'm glad they did. All right. Uh, I felt the relief, too, after that after that season. It was, you know, I mean, it wasn't your standard 12-on-1 season. Normally a 12-on-1 season has a little more dominance sprinkled in throughout. Um, 
But as you saw with their opponent, you know, Washington upcoming, they had their uh, their trials too throughout the season and, you know, they were able to stay undefeated. But yeah, I think this, uh, I think this was a marathon for all the teams involved, except for maybe Michigan, who wasn't really all that tested until Ohio State late. You know, Alabama took it on the chin at home. That never happens. They, they, uh, you know, they played very, they played their share of very close games to some poor opponents as well. So, yeah, this season is for everybody pretty much outside of uh, Michigan has been a marathon and a, you know, heavyweight title fight. Different question that uh, is not necessarily just Texas related. You agree with the, uh, the committee leaving out Florida state. I do. And, you know, I'm, I'm a very big on a meritocracy. And if you go undefeated, then you, you should be in. Um, I mean, it's, it's hard for me to go against that most uh, more often than not. Um, however, any team that would have drawn them, in this case, it would have been Michigan, would have had an unfair advantage over the other two teams that are, are, are playing a much tougher opponent. And so, you know, Florida State would have been, what, a 12, 13, maybe even 14-point underdog to Michigan. Um, that's just not how the playoffs have, have uh, ever you know, presented themselves. It's the best teams uh, at, at that time. Um, and so, yeah, I, I do agree with it, but it was hard. Uh, it's hard to watch that, uh, that room react to uh, being left out. Uh, you know, sports can be cruel. But overall, I think that was, you know, sometimes you have to make the tough call. Um, and, you know, that I think they made the right call, though. Yep, fair. Uh, you know, my my take on it is it's very interesting. You talk about those big blowouts or the 10, 15 point favorite kind of scenarios. You know, a lot of people make T or put TCU up as an example of that right in the finals. But the fact are they were in the finals. They, right. they beat Michigan in the semifinals last yeah. year. And so you can't really use that as the the, the point. Uh, that's just a, a, a false argument, in my opinion. Uh, the reality of it is, is that if you go 13-0, I understand Jordan Travis is out, but man, what a blow to, to Florida State and its program. They Those kids did every single thing they, they, they could. All right, uh, before we get to some recruiting news and notes, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, Adam Lowy, the Lowy Law Firm. Adam and his group have been helping injured Texans for decades, and they've been doing it successfully. 512 280-0800 or visit him at lowylawfirm.com. If you've been injured in a car wreck or on the job and think you might be deserve might deserve some compensation, give Adam a call. 512-280-0800. And that's a free consultation uh, before you ever get started with Adam. Uh, give him a shout in his group at the lowylawfirm.com. All right, recruiting. Boy, it's coming fast and furious. We knew it was this time of year, but let's start with Portal. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes, they have a new 2024 offer out today. Texas does that we want to talk about. But let's start with the portal. I, you know, Eric, they, <laughs> excuse me if I'm wrong, but over a thousand guys in the first day enter into yeah. the portal. And not just Joe's, but I mean, two dozen, three dozen quarterbacks of, of FBS schools in the in the portal immediately. Uh, you add that and then you add guys that Texas might be interested in. Let, let's let's focus on Texas and first discuss their needs and then discuss some of the players. So my understanding from 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 what I've learned and my insight and sources, Texas wants at least one, probably two receivers. Mm -hmm. OK, they need adults to join the Jonte Cooks, the Ryan Wingos, DeAndre Moore, et cetera, because Casey Kane's likely likely to transfer. Isaiah Nayor has not been much of a factor and we don't know his whereabouts, so to speak. So they're, and, and they're losing three. So I, I think two, two receivers, probably one tight end to join Gunnar Helm as the, an older guy. Uh, now 
can that does that guy necessarily need to be more of a blocker or pass catcher? I think they'd like to probably find one that can do both a little bit right. like Gunnell. All right. Then you talk about it and it's defensive line, which is kind of like finding Willy Wonka's golden ticket. You know, there's not many of those guys yeah. out there. They want a disruptor on defense, is my understanding as well, that they don't count that as interior defensive lineman, but a, somebody gets after the passer or makes, you know, plays you don't, you don't expect. And then they want to go heavy on defense on, in the secondary. You've been talking yeah. about that for the longest time on Inside Texas. Yep. All right. That's that. That's the setting. So let's start in the secondary, okay, where someone like Andrew Makuba, who's from Austin LBJ, played from Jamal Finner, Texas Director of High School Relations now, came over from Austin LBJ a couple of years ago and replaced, or a year ago, replacing Chris Gilbert. There's an, a natural fit there. Makuba put his name in the portal on uh, Monday, I believe. What are What's the latest you're hearing in, in that regard and where Texas might be at? Well, yeah, I think uh, Texas is positioned to, to be the, the team to beat in that in that one for sure. Um, you know, it's it's a whole lot more than just coming home, and I think it's even more than um, his relationship with Fenner. Obviously, that helps anytime you have that that trust. Uh, Makuba can ask about the safety room, about depth, um, <clears throat> about which position he's going to play. But Texas has to go very heavy at DB, um, and they have to, they need some versatile guys. And Makuba is very versatile. He could play free safety. He could play. Uh, he could play over the slot, which, you know, obviously Texas is about to lose Jaday Barron. There's going to be competition there with, a, you know, Gilbo, Jordan. Um, but, you know, I think safety is probably his better fit. I think that's probably where he was more comfortable as a freshman. Uh, and so, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But he would be a tremendous get, especially if they know that they could get him in early um, as, as a floor setter, really understand what they're having. And that buys them time to, to see how selective they can be. Um, I think they really need to get a guy that's got experience, which obviously he has. Uh, and, and a potential starter, which I think if he if he comes to Texas, he's going to be a starter. Then you got him, Derek Williams, and Michael Taff will play a lot. The way that they rotate safety so much, nobody's truly going to be left out that remains. But a lot of guys are going to leave, uh, so they need some bodies back there. Yeah, it's interesting to me that uh, they've got Makuba played his freshman year at, at at Clemson as a safety and was highly highly productive. The last two years they've played him as a nickel. He hasn't been as productive, right? Um, you think Texas likes him more as a safety, in your opinion? It kind of fits that role more, in my opinion, because he's not necessarily as quick and fast as a as a Jalen Gilbo, right? I mean, that's right. that's kind of my feeling. Yeah, what I always say is, you know, if they're more of a tweener and they but they lean towards safety, then they're not they're not then they're not a nickel for this team because this nick this team is more leaning towards if you're a tweener, you lean towards more towards uh, corner and nickel as opposed to nickel and safety, which is what Gil Gilbo was. Gilbo came as a, in as a corner. Uh, moved to nickel immediately. Janae Barron came in as a corner, moved to nickel. So you're usually not going to see a guy that spins down from safety to a nickel for this team because of the man coverage duties. Uh, that said, you know, he does have that ability. Uh, worst case scenario, they could play him there. And I do think he was play, he played better in his, his junior year than his, uh, his sophomore year. It's just that he didn't have quite the year that would propel him into the NFL. Uh, I do think a fresh start. He's an NFL level talent for sure. Got it. All right. Um, so, I'm looking at Makuba. Here are the other names that I have written down, right? Mm -hmm. uh, at the wide receiver, we have Juice Wells out of South Carolina. Uh, we have Deion Burks out of Purdue. We have Xavier Thomas out of Mississippi State. Uh, those are the ones I know of right now that Texas might have some interest. Okay. My right. question here is, is this portal class of wide receivers on the same level? Is there an Adonai Mitchell in there? Or are those guys... That, well, that's, that's what I'm concerned with. 
Ad and I came in very late, uh, so you would have to compare this more towards the, the the early portal crop last year. And I think it's it might even be a little bit low lower than last year, but but still some guys. You know, there were there were there were more interesting guys last year, but not guys that you would say, okay, that's probably someone Texas should take. And so, you know, I, do you like Juice Wells? Absolutely. I was watching him last night, and uh, the first I don't know why I hadn't thought about this guy in probably ten years, but Curtis Conway came to mind uh, from the Chicago Bears, uh, shorter guy, but still one deep. No, not a shorter guy, but not a, not a, he's more physical than he is. He's he is big. He plays bigger than he's listed. Um, and you know, Wells isn't as physical as a as a former South Carolina Gamecock and Debo Samuels, but he does he does break tackles after the catch. I'm just not sure that he's the the uh, exact vertical threat that they might be looking for. But you know, maybe that's Jontae Cook, and they're looking to use him in a, in a little different fashion. So, I haven't watched the Mississippi State kid yet. I know he had a uh, I think he had a very good uh, freshman year. Uh, and then last year, I think, tailed off a little bit. Obviously, you know, losing Mike Leach and the, the way the offense uh, uh, transitioned wasn't going to benefit him at all. So probably a wise move. Um, but I haven't watched him yet. And, you know, I, I just think they, they need to be patient there. I'm, I'm sure that, you know, knowing this staff, they're going to have something up their sleeve that we haven't unearthed yet. We're going to we're probably going to unearth it before it comes out. But uh, we haven't we haven't got there yet. It's here for us. too. Yeah. No, I mean, people need to understand that this is a and, and you and I live it. This is a state of flux right now. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Us to give you definitive answers. Very tough. I don't know that Texas has definitive answers. No, no they so don't. Trying yeah. to, what we're trying to paint a picture of here is this is all a process. Yeah, they've, got to, they've got to evaluate these guys. They've got to make sure they're attainable. They've yeah, got to make sure they fit the culture. They haven't even had full-on conversations because the guys haven't been able to announce into the portal until Monday. And that's less than 48 hours ago. I mean, Texas is going to be a very, very attractive destination. It's tough for fans to remain patient, but you're going to have Adonai Mitchell and Worthy both. Uh, that frees up opportunity. It frees up some other things as well. And so, you know, I don't think Texas wants to jump the gun, uh, but they need to, need to build relationships. They need to understand who their competition is for guys that they like and wait to see if somebody that they love comes in. But, you know, I've got to remind uh, remind the fans, you know, last year we were urging comp, uh, patience at wide receiver. Uh, for it seemed like I, well, that was a 60 day window. It seemed like forever. We were telling them to calm down, remain patient. You know, uh, readers on inside Texas were wanting to jump the gun on every wide receiver that went in the portal. And um, that patience for the staff and not by the fans, the fans didn't have any, but the patience for the, the staff was rewarded with, were rewarded with Adonai Mitchell. Uh, and so we'll see if they have, if, if something like that happens again, but there's no reason to get antsy first week of the portal. All right. That's just well put. No reason to get antsy. So we may mention those three receivers. There may be more. Okay, we're, we're not saying that's the exclusive list, by the way. Tight end is a little bit different. Um, Jake Johnson of Texas A&M entered the portal this morning. Uh, he's he's kind of what you want. He's a catch pass catch threat. He's also a good inline blocker, has size. Holden stays out of Notre Dame is a guy that uh, is in the portal officially as well. Uh, he played quite a bit this year uh, before getting injured. Um, Jeff Banks recruited him out of high school. So those are mm -hmm. two names. Defensive line, eh, like I said, Willie Wonka's golden ticket on the interior. Uh, I, I haven't heard of anybody for sure yet. Have you heard of anybody for sure in that capacity? Not yet, not yet. Well, on tight end, I've heard that Jake is likely to uh, rejoin his brother, Max. You know, I, I did my homework on that. When Max went to North Carolina, the first thing I cared about was, you know, are, yeah. are, they, are they lined up for Jake too? I've got a I've got a buddy that works at North Carolina and he, and he felt like they would uh, reunite. So that one's going to be tough. I do like Holden Stays. I liked him when he came out of high school. You like the fact that he does have some production. He has some tape out there playing against college players. 
uh, fans fall in love with these the the guys that they remember from the recruiting days. But you know, if you see a tweet, and the tweet is that 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 player's profile from being a recruit as a, as opposed to a player, you know, throw it out the window. Uh, you like that Holden Stays actually does have some some production. As far as interior defensive linemen, no, I don't know anybody there, but I am I am encouraged by the fact that there are a couple edges. So maybe you know normally it's very hard to find edges. So maybe there's a sign that that this this uh, this year this cycle is a little bit different, and some more names uh, are going to pop up at interior defensive linemen, uh, interior D line. Uh, but I haven't heard anybody yet. That's the that's kind of the big question question coming into the portal. Um, hopefully, it's not the big question exiting the portal uh, window. <laughs> that's a good point. All right, Trey Moore. So let's talk about a couple of those edges slash disruptors. Trey mm-hmm. Moore out of UTSA, originally from Smithson Valley, uh, had 14 sacks for UTSA this year. He is kind of he played like a speed linebacker rush guy for Jeff yeah. Trailer's group. 14 sacks. I mean, crazy. Offered by Ivy League schools coming out of, out of high school. So he's obviously an intelligent young man. Uh, Patrick Payton, an all-ACC performer uh, from Florida State, crazily put his name in the portal on Tuesday. Yeah. That was a big surprise. Wow. I bet Texas – I mean, look, you didn't expect – Texas didn't expect that would be my guess, best guess. Not, not anybody across college football may have expected that. But it happened – Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. There may be some guys in the portal that Texas really takes a look at. More, however, seems more likely because of the proximity and where he's from and uh, the Longhorns. uh, He's familiar with them, right? I mean, what, what are your thoughts? Well, yeah, I mean, that's a that's a really close move. You don't really have to change up your circle much. Um, you know, it's yeah. if you have, well, I don't know his situation, but if he has a girlfriend in San Antonio, they can stay together. I mean, there's just, you know, there's familiarity. Uh, parents, I, parents can come watch you play. The, yeah, you know, you absolutely. still go one direction on I-35 instead of the other. You know? Yeah, and if he's, you know, if he's smart enough to get Ivy, uh, Ivy offers coming out of high school, then he's, you know, going to like a degree from Texas if, it, if that's in the in play. Um, but yeah, he's a good face-up defender. He's, he's got good hands. Um, he can get to the quarterback. You, you can blitz him from different angles. Um, yeah, he's a good player. I, I think, um, you know, I don't know. What I've heard is that one's going to take take a while to play out. I wrote that the second he went into the portal yesterday. Um, I don't think that there's going to be immediate uh, conclusion on that. And if there isn't, then maybe some more uh, more names emerge. But Peyton was the huge surprise. I think that that's going to be a crazy market for him. Yep. Uh, Trey Moore, though, I would say this. Good thing he's from UTSA. A lot of these guys that transfer, their hours don't transfer. So it usually takes 120 hours of school right. to get a degree at the University of Texas or, or really anywhere around the country. Well, going from a universe, University of Texas at San Antonio to University yep. of Texas at Austin, all his credits will transfer. And that's, that, would be, that would be the biggest transfer from UTSA to UT since Ian Boyd. 
<laughs> All right. Hey, um, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, and then we go to the secondary. Andrew Makuba. Uh, we mentioned him. Do you have any other names in the secondary? Or, you know, let, let's stay in the secondary, be it safety or corner. Um, I haven't heard from sources, but it seems like Indiana has like three guys in the portal that are that are pretty good. One of them's from uh, Mesquite Poteet. I don't know if he has the all-out speed at safety that they're looking for. Uh, but he would be a guy that I would have interest in. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. I'd have interest in him if you weren't going to set the floor with a guy like Andrew Makuba. But that's why, man, if you can get assurances from Makuba early on, that really buys you time to wait and see see how everything uh, manifests. But well, I, it's again, hilarious. Was, this is this. It's hilarious. You're using the term "set the floor" with Andrew Makuba, a three year starter. Exactly, I, and an NFL, an NFL player. But yeah, that yeah. that sets the tone for what you what you need to, what you're going to need after that, right? Because um, you know, I think at that point, then you, you know, it's going to guide what you're looking for at that point. You might be looking for more of a, a corner slash nickel, as opposed to, a, a you know, you'll have, you have free safety pretty much set. You'll want another guy for depth. They are going to lose some depth players as well. So they have to think about more than just starters in the secondary. They have to think about depth, but if you have Makuba, uh, Williams is obviously going to play a ton next year. Um, you've got Taff, uh, if they get Phil Sam, if they flip him, he's probably going to get, uh, eased into the rotation like Derek Williams did last year. Then you look for some guys that um, you know can can really fill it out in case of injury. Maybe that guy at Indiana I was talking about is one of them uh, from from Poteet, not right down the road. Uh, but and, you know they need a nickel too. But I haven't really seen a guy that jumps off the page as a nickel. Uh, they had a couple cor interesting corner went in uh, yesterday from Oregon State. But there you have to think he's probably just going to Michigan State following his coach. You never know never know what's going on there. But that kid's from Texas. Um, from White House, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. electric athlete, 50 foot, uh, triple jump, 24 foot long jump. Um, you know, and it has good tape and has good tape. So, you, but, but there you just kind of assume that he's going to go to Michigan State with uh, Jonathan Smith. Yep, all right. Uh, I want to mention this. You mentioned uh, Xavier Phils to me. Uh, the thing with him, too, that uh, you mentioned, you actually talked about how they smartly put in and used Derek Williams, it wasn't just you know, throw him in there and drink from a fire hose, right? He right. had, it was a slow, steady thing. I I think how they did that with Andy Hill, Manny Muhammad, Derek Williams this year, boy, if that's not, I'll, I'll say this the right way, if that's not the blueprint of how to introduce players that are elite to a system, I don't know what is. I mean, they yeah. they did a marvelous job of that this year. They really uh, did it with. I thought it was most impressive with Williams because he made a share of mistakes, uh, but it was never super costly. They would they play him, let him make mistakes, bring him off, uh, tell him what he did wrong, and then he'd come back and, and not make those mistakes again. It was it really was brilliant usage, and you know he's got a teammate at Westgate that they really like, in Jabori Antoine in the twenty twenty five class, and don't think he didn't notice that too. Yep. All right. Uh, hey, I'm looking at this now. Linebacker, I don't know of anybody in yet that Texas is interested in. There have been some interesting names, but I don't know if there's any reciprocal interest at this point. Last I heard, they might punt on that to take another number at uh, in the secondary. And, and obviously with that, they would want uh, David Benda coming back. So uh, last I heard, it's, it's likely that Benda comes back. Now, I don't know if anything changes with uh, Jeff Choate's departure. Um, but you know, does the new coach have somebody they want to bring in, or you know that that they might that guy might have some say? I don't know. But last I heard, Bendo was more likely coming back, and they would probably use um, they would probably use that extra spot uh, for the secondary. Okay, all right. I want to say thanks to our sponsor, and then we'll get to high school recruiting real quick. Uh, Adam Lowy uh, of the Lowy Law Firm. He's been helping injured Texans for decades. Uh, he and his firm focus on results for their clients. 
Uh, visit him at loweylawfirm.com or calling 512-280-0800. If you've been injured in a wreck or on the job, the Lowy Law Firm is who you want to call. loweylawfirm.com, 512-280-0800. Adam, we really appreciate your sponsorship of uh, the state of the program. Hey, uh, Eric, uh, let's go to uh, high school recruiting. Break the news, first of all. Uh, earlier today, Hunter Andrews, a six foot two, 215-pound athlete out of Magnolia, Texas, recently got a scholarship offer. I mean, literally today from the University of Texas. He is committed to Utah right now. He is playing running back in high school. Is he a running back? Is he a tight end? Is he an athlete? Is he a linebacker? What the hell is he? And tell us what you know about him uh, because this guy, I mean, look, they recruit and evaluate to the very end. It happened. I mean, it's this is classic Steve Sarkeesian, Billy Glasscock, those guys in the personnel department doing their job until the very end. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I love when I see a guy playing line or running back and you, you know he's not going to play linebacker. Even uh, Anthony Hill's tape as a running back gives you value and in, in, uh, insight into how good of an athlete he is. Running backs use their athleticism differently than linebackers. Linebackers sometimes are playing patiently and under control. And you don't really get to see how explosive they are. Uh, running backs, you get to see them running, sprinting down the sidelines. <laughs> so you get an idea of how fast they are. You get you get a good idea of their change of direction. This kid has is really good change of direction and really good long speed uh, for being 6'2 and 215. Now, he's not going to play running back in high school, but but you still know that that, that athleticism is going to translate. Um, you know, he says his offer came from uh, Jeff Banks, which is interesting to me uh, because I, I would see him more as the linebacker, I think, for Texas. Um, you know, I know that they were evaluating him over the last month or two. He is committed to Utah as a linebacker, and, and Utah and their, their history with linebackers is, is very good. Uh, Jalen Ford comes to mind. You know, they, <laughs> I was going to say, the best Jaylen linebacker Ford. at Texas, the best linebacker. At Texas was committed to Utah at one time. Exactly, and they got and they got him even even later in it than uh, than this this offer came out. So, uh, and you know, don't sleep on Colton Swan's name popping up as as a possible Texas uh, replacement for uh, for Jeff Choate. So the timing of the offer is quite interesting to me, uh, but the player has always been interesting, at least since I became uh, aware of him. Uh, now we'll see what what materializes here if if he takes the visit. I've got a I've got a message out to him to call me after school if he can. Um, but yeah, very interesting. The kick and flat out run. Uh, and then, then you know, his position is probably going to come down to how he's wired. You know, does he have the disposition for linebacker? If Utah offered him as a linebacker, then I think they did the work for me already on that. He probably does have it. Uh, but we'll see. Very intriguing athlete. They don't have a linebacker in the class. Uh, you know, losing Choate meant that they probably had to go in a brand new direction because, you know, they're, he, you know, they're losing the relationships that Choate had. Um, so I like the offer. We'll see what comes of it. Uh, he also has offers from Texas A&M, uh, a host of others around the country. It's not just Utah. Uh, that uh, has offered the young man uh, or Texas. All right. Uh, the other play players that are still in play for the Longhorns, and let me make sure I get this right. Uh, Solomon Williams, a defensive end athlete mm -hmm. out of uh, Tampa's Carol Wood Day. Pete Kwiatkowski was in over the uh, earlier this week, visiting him in his home, is expected back again next week. Uh, so he's still there. Xavier Phil Sami uh, is the safety out of McKinney, Texas, that Texas loves. Uh, he has um, uh, officially set up a visit as of yesterday morning. Jerry Hamilton broke that news on Inside Texas. Uh, he is uh, already committed to Florida, but it is a back and forth right now for him. Yeah. Uh, then we have Terrence Hibbler, a defensive lineman that's committed to Mississippi State. Uh, Bo Davis ex is expected to be visiting with him this week as well. And then we have Kobe Black, 
the defensive back corner out of Waco Conley, who announces on December 13th. That's a lot. I mean, that's a lot of juggling, and we're exactly two weeks from signing day, but it also goes to what we've talked about with Steve Sarkeesian. Recruit through the whistle. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's what this is. I mean, they're adding guys two weeks before to add to the pot. I mean, it's pretty impressive, dude. I mean, to juggle that many things. Well, I'm excited. You know, last year we were all walking around with a broom in our hand looking for work. Um, yeah. You know, this year there's a whole lot more going on with the playoff portal and, and still finishing out this class. But, you know, you have to like the positioning on it. Is there, is there a specific uh, recruit you want to talk about first? No, I, I think I don't think we necessarily need to talk about any of them. I, I think that we've done that and, and have kind of gone over them at length. If you have anything you want to add to them, feel free. Uh, but I mean, look, I don't know what to even think uh, well, right now. It's my point, I guess. Yeah, on, on Xavier Filsamy, I'm probably going to kick myself for not putting an RPM a couple of weeks ago on that. It's just you know the, all the all the leading indicators weren't quite there, but there was a whole lot going on. Uh, where to me it gave me a Ryan Wingo vibe, uh, where Texas is going to figure out at the very end because they have to. They need another safety in the class. Uh, the room needs it. They need somebody else to develop next to Derek Williams. And usually when Texas really needs a player, they find a way to get it done. So um, I, I think, you know, I, I probably should have done it already. I'm, I'm still contemplating doing it. Uh, but I like where Texas is, is uh, trending for that one. All right. Any other RPM thoughts before we let people go here, Eric? What are your what's your what's your game plan on that? Uh, man, I'm going to put in RPM here in a little bit. By the time this airs, that it might already be out there. So, you know, go check out Inside Texas to see what's going on. All right, perfect. All right, that's Eric Nalin, publisher, InsideTexas.com. This has been uh, State of the Program on Texas Football. We appreciate you guys for watching. Uh, and uh, look, Eric, 12-1, and one, Big 12 regular season champs, uh, Big 12 conference game champions. Now I'll suit the Sugar Bowl, December, uh, January 1, 2024. At 7.45 p.m., Longhorns just on a hell of a roll on the field in recruiting, et cetera. Also, I want to say this. Congratulations to Jeff Choate and him being named head coach at the University of Nevada. All right. For Eric Nolene, I'm Bobby Burton. That's been On Texas Football.